Welcome to Business as a Magical Practice, where your business is the vehicle for your self-integration and soul evolution. My name is Sam Garcia, and I'm the founder of Dirty Alchemy Digital Marketing, and I'll be guiding you through how you can use your business as a spiritual practice and what magical businesses are doing to hit their goals and change the world. Together, we'll be relating the mystical to the world of business so that our work can unite spirit and matter, shadow and light, conscious and unconscious. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with Alexandra Roxo and Sabrina Crockett. Alexandra is best-selling author of Fuck Like a Goddess, multidisciplinary artist, and spiritual coach specializing in transformation and the magical intersection of spirituality and sensuality and healing. And I'm so excited to also have her director of operations, Sabrina, here to really look at the behind the scenes of a magical online business. So welcome to Business as a Magical Practice, ladies. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And I guess let's just like jump into this. And I know a little bit from of the back end of your business, just from working with you two, but I, I feel like there's so many layers to unpeel. And I, I think we should start with how you two met and how 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 it, it's unfolded from there. I mean, maybe we can start with Alexandra. Yeah. So I have always identified as an artist and a writer. And at a certain point, I decided to um, transition from just a career as a filmmaker and a writer and a director and an actress into um, mentoring and coaching other women. And this was a kind of a funky transition for me because I was someone who had been on a spiritual path conscious of it. We all are, in my opinion, on a spiritual path, but um, I was aware of my spiritual path at a young age. At, at, at 12, my mom took me to my first spiritual teacher, who was also an intuitive, um, who taught me about karma and chakras and, and kind of like working through the lessons of life when I was 12. So I was always on a path of healing and transformation and soul evolution. And but I kept that very private. It was not something that I necessarily like directly wrote about or directly created art about until I made a web show called Be Here Now-ish. And that was the first piece of work where I directly spoke about my spiritual practices and path. In other pieces of art, it was more metaphorical. And, um, and there was more kind of magic and allusion to symbology and myth and and um, and different traditions, but it wasn't direct. You know, you'd kind of have to read between the lines. But I made the show "Be Here Nowish," and I was like outwardly teasing some of the things that I do, poking fun at like a certain type of community that I was a part of, and the New York, LA kind of conscious scene. And so, but before then, I had never really spoken publicly about my spiritual practices. Like it just wasn't something that was like talked about at dinners at that time back in like, um, I guess it was like maybe 2008, 9, 10 kind of that, that I was like, okay, am I going to kind of bring my, am I going to come out of the spiritual closet? So, so to speak. Um, and at the time, yeah, it just, Instagram wasn't like cooking, like podcasts weren't cooking. Like it was in early days for people actually really deeply sharing. It was like before people went into deep overshare, all share, every share, all the shares. Um, so in Be Here Now, it was like my first big share. And it was a two seasons of a web show. I shared about like... Um, you know, doing ayahuasca, I shared about like going to tantric sex classes. I shared about like kundalini yoga. I shared about fasting, all these things I had been doing since I was like 18. And I was able to sort of bring them in with satire and like give a good laugh to them because I was laughing at myself because I, you know, like it was just, I was at a certain phase of my Saturn's return when I was like 28, where I was like, I, I still do all these practices, but now I've hit the New York party scene. And I also want to like snort MDMA in the bathroom now. And I also like want to like party hard. Um, whereas in my early 20s, I was like super yogi. Like I was not doing that stuff. Um, so that web show was about that. And from that on the show, I wrote 
my character as a coach in LA. And this is like a perfect um, example. It's like a very Jungian moment where my psyche and my unconscious spoke to my conscious mind by writing this character who I would become. It's super trippy, super meta. Like I was like writing this character who's like in LA, motivation and you go girl and like, let's forgive and da, 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 da. And that was before I even knew anything about the coaching scene. And I think it was actually probably still sort of burgeoning and like budding at that time because it was like 20, 2010, you know, and, uh, and but, but uh, we were like laughing at that. And then I, I became a coach and I not became as in I abandoned my other identities, but that became a part of my identity. So that's when I met Sabrina. And I'm giving you that backstory because it's just, it feels important to sort of the trajectory of the business to know that it wasn't like, I'm so ready and like to be this person. It was like, I'm an artist, I'm a creator. And my psyche spoke to me almost like I heard in a dream. And I did hear in a dream in a ceremony also, which could be, you know, kind of considered very dreamlike. In an ayahuasca ceremony, it was like, you need to serve other women. You need to share your story. You need to talk about getting through these karmic um, kind of soul, uh, you know, like levels that you've crossed or portals or thresholds you've crossed in your own awakening and your own healing. You need to share about them. Again, at the time, that feel, felt kind of like super embarrassing, you know, like it wasn't the time where where people were writing so much. I mean, there was like blog spot, you know, where people were writing, but it was like very like niche. So, um, and so anyway, I just, I just, I decided, okay, fine, I'm going to share my, my story and my practice, and I'm going to just share it with other women and see what happens. And that's when I met Sabrina because I realized I like, I'm super um, able to achieve things and get things going and made a movie, made many short films, two seasons of web show produced a feature. Like I, I had the capacity to do a lot of stuff, but when it came to the detail organization, like I've always had someone alongside me as a creative who does the details. And it was my former creative collaborator, Natalia, when we did the filmmaking, she was like the budgeter, the detailed, all the stuff. I think she was a generator or manifesting generator and I'm a manifester in human design. Not that I, you know, no, not that that means so much, but I like that. I like the manifester kind of what it says about me. So I'll, I'll, I'll drop that. Um, and, me too, um, me too. it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm like, this is like the longest, longest, um, kind of preamble, but I'm, I'm saying it because oh, I, I hope it, it. serves I hope it serves people who, you know, especially like have no background in business, no understanding of all these details and are like, how could I dare go from, you know, being a singer songwriter and a waitress to having a, you know, six figure business? Because I didn't know that, like, I I made money cooking for people and then I made money like being an artist commercial, but now I only did that commercial like three days and I have to live off of that for six months. Okay. Now I have to go back to like nannying or tutoring. And it's like that, that, that was so crazy that when I hired Sabrina, I was like, okay, I need some help to create a sustainable business where I'm not kind of hopping back and forth in this, you know, kind of lack and then, you know, abundance kind of space. I want consistent abundance. I want to serve. I want to give my voice. I want to share. And so an old friend of mine had a Facebook group and she said, let me post in my Facebook group for you. You're a Pisces. You need a Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was like, you're like this mystical, romantic artist, like fiery, Brazilian, whatever, but you, you need someone to like sort of corral your energy and to ground it. And, and that's what happened. And that was almost, was that four years ago, Sabrina? Yeah, I think almost four. Yeah. We're coming up on it. Yeah. And so we met at a coffee shop in Los Feliz and, you know, at that time I was probably making like 200 bucks a month, like coaching two clients. And then like we created something called Moon Club, myself and Ruby Warrington. Sabrina was really important in that as well. And it was a membership community. And again, that was like back in 2016 where I didn't see any other membership communities back then. It was just like, nobody was using Zoom. It was just, um, you know, nobody in like the spiritual coaching space publicly. Like we thought we were 
what we were doing was really weird at the time, like to do like a moon ritual on a, like on a Zoom platform. So Sabrina came in at that that place of like at the ground level, and we really, you know, we met then, and and we started, and we had our ups and downs over the four years. We had a part. We almost had a breakup two years in, and thank God we got through. Which also taught me so much about relationship that like there are those moments where you're like, okay, this just not working, but love you, bye. And then it's like, no, let's stay with it. I feel like because I got through that with Sabrina, you can get through okay. it. You do not have <laughs> to answer this question, but I'm so curious if you're willing to share what the breakup was going to be about. Probably that Sabrina couldn't read my mind or something. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would say that it's it was just also so much about just learning, you know, limits like how you know how much is too much to put on your plate how you know it it was just so much of kind of working out how we both work how we both communicate how to do this virtually um how many things we can take on you know and that was really it needed it was just coming to a head it was a mercury retrograde in july let's just leave it at that (laughs) yeah 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 but i think it's like in any relationship whether you, you know from from the way that i um, experience and understand and see life, any relationship that we draw in may have like healing patterns, tendencies, karmic possibilities. And there was just something there for us. There was like the heat of my impatience. And then there was like Sabrina not wanting to tell me that she couldn't do it all. (laughs) My people pleasing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So my impatience met her people pleasing and, and, you know, we kind of like had it out for a minute, but but then we like just got through and I learned to slow down. I learned to be more patient and Serena learned to say no to me. <laughs> say no to say no to a lot in life actually. I feel like that really was the catalyst. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your backstory here, Sabrina? I, I, we, we heard Alexandra's like culmination to the, the meet cute. What about you two? Yeah. Well, so I um, had actually gone to school for human services in college, and I really wanted to do social work. I was really seeking, um, you know, I just really wanted to help people. Um, A a larger backstory of me is I came from um, a very abusive household, and I grew up um, in like a lot of trauma. And so when I got out of the house and I went to college, I really wanted to do something that would help people who'd been through some of the things that I had been through. I really wanted to support people. And it's like, you know, when you go to a traditional four-year college, there aren't really that many options. Like I remember at the time I was like, do I get a psychology degree or do I get like a social work degree? And it was like, at the time, those were kind of the two traditional paths to really doing any sort of healing work in that way. Um, And so I did the social work route and I did that for a couple of years and I worked in like a domestic violence, um, sexual assault hotline. Um, I worked in a boy's home for foster kids who were teenagers and had behavioral issues and had trouble getting placed for adoption. And um, it was wonderful. And there's a reason why in our program, they taught us that you might burn out very quickly. <laughs> because it's very intense doing that sort of direct service. And so after a couple of years, I did start to sort of burn out. And I started to think, you know, what else can I do that's still going to be of service? Um, I was also, I've always just had this spark inside of me that's been really interested in business. And um, I'm a double Virgo and a Capricorn rising, which I actually just discovered. So I've also just so had this thing inside of me that like, you know, way back in the day, I was really watching every single week Marie Forleo videos. And, you know, I was just also so into like making money and abundance in a um, beautiful way and business and online business. And so I ended up switching gears a little bit in my early 20s. And I moved, um, I moved cities. And I found a job uh, supporting like a friend of a friend. And he was starting his own business. And he was like, I just need someone I remember he said when I talked to him on the phone, he was like, I just need someone who literally can just figure it out. 
And I was like, I'm your girl. And that is my specialty. (laughs) And so um, I ended up working with him for eight years and um, cultivated like an abundant business. He was the owner and I ran the show and it was really beautiful. And it was like an in-person thing. So I was running two offices and so it was different than doing like online stuff a little bit, but I still got to kind of be in the juice of like, you know, you have an idea and then you bring it to fruition and then you bring in abundance and oh my goodness, that's business, you know? Um, and I just loved it, loved it, loved it. And then about eight years later, he actually called me one day and he was like, you know, um, I, this isn't where my heart is anymore. And I think I'm ready to pivot and I want to close the business. Like, how do you feel? You know? And I was like, well, I would never want someone to do something that their heart isn't in anymore. So like, let's do it. And I kind of just took that sort of leap of being like, I think I'm going to be okay. Um, so helped him close the business. Also at the same time, I ended um, like a five-year relationship. I moved into my friend's basement and I was like, here I am. I don't really know what's happening, but I think I'm going to be okay. You know, it's just like one of those times. Um, and then in that, I ended up, um, it all came sort of together to move to LA. And I saw that Facebook post um, for Alexandra. And it's so funny actually, because the Facebook post, I don't think it mentioned like specifically looking for a Virgo. Um, but when I emailed oh, her, I don't think so. But in when I emailed in the subject line, I said Virgo for hire in all caps. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I think I'm, I think I need to really promote that. I'm like a really rooted earth sign here. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Love it. Yeah. And then we Skyped and then the rest is history. And um, it's, you know, at the time too, I remember like just having been through such like kind of a tower year, you know, long-term job ending, long-term relationship ending, really having no idea where I was moving, but kind of just trusting in that energy. Um, Like before, you know, when I was typing the email to email Alexandra and I just remember like, you know, you have those fears come up or I was like, well, what if I really don't know what I'm talking about or what I'm doing? Um, And I remember like breathing and telling myself, I was like, Sabrina, you made a promise to yourself to always move forward and do something that was a gut yes for you. And I was like, Mm. yes. And then I was like, send. (laughs) Mm. And that's how it started. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So how does it actually look like now? Like what does like a week look like between you or like a month and I'm in or a quarter if it changes significantly that much? Well, we've done a lot of growing up in these four years, so we've we've probably yeah. tried we've tried and tested every kind of um, combination of working, and and it, it's it kind of reminds me of this modest mouse song, which reminds me of it's like everything in life comes back to this song for me, which is on an album I used to listen to in in college. I have the CD, and it's like it's like when I finally get it figured out, I've changed the whole damn plan. Oh, you tied myself, tied myself to time. And so wise, so wise, so wise. One of my best friends, still friend, best friends with the guy that wrote that. Um, maybe one day I'll tell her, tell him that song has changed my life forever and ever and ever. Um, I think it's from talking shit about a pretty sunset. Anyway, anyone here who's at my age and knows who Modest Mouse is, <laughs> Sabrina does because she's I from do. Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Modest um, and, yeah, yeah. But um it's a funny thing about being a human. It's like by the time we figure out a part of being a human, that changes. It's like a dot. It's like a dot on the horizon. Like recently I was in Turks and Caicos working on this Netflix show and my partner was like, oh, I'm going to get in the kayak and I'm going to kayak out to that blue line. I think there's a reef there. And he was like, I kayaked out and the blue line kept moving. And like, that's life, right? It's like, but it's like, it's like, but it's like, we are always trying to chase that figure, the thing that's to figure it out. Like, okay. Oh, thank God. I finally figured it out. But by the time we get to that point of figured out, we've changed. And so we have something else to figure out. And so there's like really nothing to figure out from like a mystical standpoint. It's like, stop trying to figure it out, you know, anyway. 
So with our relationship, it's kind of like that. It's like we spend all of this time trying to figure out the best way to work together. And then by the time we kind of nail in that system, we've changed and evolved. And so then we need to adjust again. So the key to us is not attempting to find one way structure system that works, but to create a a sort of stretchy, adaptable sense of business and collaboration and partnership that as we move and grow and change can move with us. And that grace that is needed to, to, to meet those new points on the journey with grace. But at first it was like, oh shit, like the, we created this structure for something and it no longer suits us because we've grown oh, fuck, we put so much time and energy and money into it. Fuck, 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 fuck. We're like very not graceful about it at first. You know, we're just like, okay, well, let's try to fit our business into this old shape box. And then it's like, but it just doesn't work for this type of, for for us as the beings that in this particular collaboration. Um, so I say all of that just in the sense that like the way that we work is, intuitive and perhaps more feminine and sort of embodied and related to the body in the present moment. And, um, it's very cyclical and it, it changes. And the way that we work now is that we really pay attention to, um, where the moon is and where our menstrual cycles are in terms of when we create, when we work harder and, and when we pull back and um you know when i'm around right before i ovulate i have the energy to work really hard and i can get so much done during that time usually but it depends then life can come in and you know you break a leg or, or someone you know dies and then that goes out the window so it's like again you can't try try to figure it out like life is always changing you know um and so you just keep meeting that moment but we have figured out in a certain sense, or we have adapted to the fact that our hormonal cycles and the cycles of nature also influence our business. So if we're in a deep winter and it's fucking cold, it's going to be a different level of creativity and wanting to maybe launch a product or whatever. Like we would launch it very differently if it was summer and we had felt super embodied outside swimming in nature, da, 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 da. the energy behind that launch is going to be so different which luckily I got to experience last summer with my book. It was summer. It was alive. I was in Mexico when I launched it and I was able to kind of bring that energy into the process. Um, so the way that we work together now is that we check in and we continue to ask what we each need and we let ourselves be adaptable. I mean, it's like allowing that adaptability, but also having really solid structures. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that even like right now, it's funny when you asked that Sam in my head, I was like, well, I'm actually changing the way that I work right now. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think uh, like a really good example is like last year in 2020, we were doing this um, initiation mastermind program. There was so much space holding going on. Um, and, um, you know, that's like last year, I kind of had to be like, okay, I work Monday through Friday, 10 to six are my office hours. I'm very calendar blocked because I just had to have that structure in place to be able to get everything done that we were doing and working on. This year is a little bit different already. And even in this last like month and a half moving into this year, I've even felt in myself like I was kind of trying to stick to that schedule. And I was like, mm, this is starting to feel really like itchy, you know, <laughs> when you feel I was like, no, I don't think that this is this is starting to feel really confined for me. And even in the last couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? I really like waking up working by eight or eight 30, working till 10 30, taking a long walk, doing my workout and then doing another four hour chunk in the afternoon. And I was like, and then being done by like four. And I was like, oh, like it felt that even just, I was like, oh, that felt like so much relief. So I think even it's just, but that's what we've done these past four years. It's like when things start to feel restricted or too confined and then you're like, 
yeah. okay, this container is not my container anymore. And then you try something new and then you're like, whoa, that felt so good. And then you kind of move into that. Um, but, you know, I think that that's just how we flowed. Yeah. And another thing is like, you know, Sabrina started as more of like an assistant and, and then um, I was doing a, a six month kind of mastermind mentorship. This was two years ago. And actually, um, I'm not sure if you know him, Dave Burns. So Dave was my coach at the time and he was like, what do you really want to create? And I was like, I want to create this six months of like these crazy transformational experiences, super artistic and shamanic and beautiful and erotic. And, you know, we, we, we did Japanese rope bondage as a ritual. We would dance with snakes and, you know, it was like super juicy. And Sabrina had been working for me as an assistant and then I thought she needs to be in this program with the other women. Like, I mean, who am I to know what she needs? But that was like my gut kind of was like, I need her, right? Not she needs. I need her to be in this program. Um, so I asked her, I said, do you want to come be in it? You know, not pay, but just like go through this transformation with us. And um, she said, Yes. And I partially knew that in order for someone to work with me really close, that there was going to be like, there had to be like an initiation into, into doing the deep work into that like soul awakening, like, you know, understanding with why I do what I do, how I create, how I write, how I be, you know? And so Sabrina said yes to that. And that meant like, you know, sitting in ayahuasca ceremony, sitting mushroom ceremony, like, and I was there with her in all those moments and the other women. And that was incredibly bonding, you know, um, that really like strengthened us to the core. It was like for anyone out there who has had some sort of a transformational sort of spiritual experience with other humans, you bond to them, whether they're strangers or not, you know, you'll remember the people from the retreat or from the ceremony because there was a deep experience you had together. And so after those six months, I feel like, um, you know, I wonder Sabrina, if that was when we had our little kerfuffle in that summer. It was, it was right after that program ended. <laughs> oh my God. Totally makes sense. In the alchemical shamanic like transformational fires, of course. Yes. It was literally like two weeks after that last Joshua Tree uh, retreat. And then it was like kapow. <laughs> yeah. Which probably we were close in a sort of sister-sister friend way. And there were different dynamics. Now I'm teacher, I'm boss, all these things. And that 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 obviously takes a bit of um, finesse and, and clarity and boundaries and nuance. I think it's hailing. There's like these little ice chunks falling from the sky here. Cool. Um, um, so, so the fact that we are both kind of deep in the work and us having that experience together, I think was, was really, really important. I can't remember why, where I was going with that. Why did I bring that up? Uh, about how we work together. <laughs> so the original question before, like, the, the and then, then it was Haley. conversation was um, uh, how do you actually work well together and how do you right 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 or what is it actual day week month right. look like okay so here's what I was gonna say okay back on the train I got distracted for the hail I was like <laughs> this is very biblical looking um, well so basically saying that 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 she was in an assistant role then and then there was this teacher student kind of vibe and then we had to sort of like kind of like get out of those costumes and start mm. fresh again. And so we've had several different sort of iterations of those moments. And then it was, there's been another moment where it's, and it's like, I don't want you to be my assistant anymore. I don't like, I don't like that term. Sabrina has never said that. I'm like, I want you to, I want to promote you. What's next? And then it's like, okay, you're going to be queen of operations. Okay, cool. Queen of operations. You're going to be business manager. Okay. And so we have these moments where we like come together and it's like the outfit's too tight. It's like, it doesn't fit anymore. What's next? And, and then I ask her, I go, what do you want to do? What do you like doing? You know, what do you not like doing? 
you know? And so we have these conversations often. I mean, often, because it's, it's like any kind of relationship. It's like, I also know the pain of like bringing on a new person and kind of having to go through that whole transformation moment with them where all their patterns are presented to me and I get to see all of their weird shadowy stuff. And then I get to go, Oh fuck, do I really want to be in relationship with this? And with Sabrina, like we're already in, so we've already got through that. So it's like, it's nice to just continue on together and to expand the roles and the finances around us instead of to just go, okay, let's move on, you know, um, which is interesting. I mean, I, well, who knows what life will bring, but, um, but now Sabrina in our, the membership that I started as moon club transformed to radical awakenings. And now Sabrina leads a session in there every month, like a full moon session. And that's new. And that has come from, well, I trust her so deeply to teach in my program, you know, and, and that's, again, I did, I gave the same kind of opening or invitation last year when I did my year-long mastermind, I said, hey, I want to invite you to teach a class on conscious business and systems and structures and da-da-da. Um, do you want to do it? And she said, yes, you know. And so there's a, there's this like a stepping stool. Like I'm also like now I'm like, okay, I got to get this podcast together. Should I hire this expensive company? Or Sabrina, can you help me? Can we figure it out? So she helps me to step to the next level too. So you know, that, that dynamic is really cool that it's like, okay, I want to make more money. So I need more support from you. Are you, are you down? Does this feel good? And she'll say yes or no. And we'll laugh about it. And it's not a big deal. And then also she's taking another step by having more opportunity. And part of that is just that I do not like the sort of boss assistant structure, especially with women. I feel like with women, it's just sticky, sticky land. It's like, oh, you're under me. You're my assistant. You do this. You do this. You do this. I feel like it's a shadow show. And it's like it needs to be more circular and spiral the way we relate and support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we are in contact like daily, you know, um, and we usually don't work weekends. So it's like we do still kind of keep these little structures for ourselves in the way of, you know, we don't ping each other on Saturdays about work unless it's like an emergency or something. And um, and so we do we do sort of have that, you know, um, we don't send. But really- I used to be bad. I used to like, <laughs> like everything yeah. I need when I need it. And then I was like, Sabrina, this is like a really disgusting part of myself that I need to put away. So I need to like sign a contract that I won't text you before 10 a.m. or after five because it's rude of me, you know, like. Just to to echo this is I've worked for people who have been like that and I do it myself. And it's something just about like people, creative people, which is all of us, is sometimes we need to capture things down. And if we have someone to talk to about it, it's so easy. Okay, I'm just going to text them about it. So I remember or like it's out of my brain. Then it's somewhere where it's like instead of having systems in place of like, oh, let's just put it in our project management tool instead of me texting. Exactly. And I'm like a total, like when I have the wave of creativity, like, oh my God, I'm like, I got to get out. But, but what I did last month, like I recorded Sabrina, like 10 voice notes and just emailed them to her Mm -hmm. off hours. And I'm like, here's my next six newsletters. And, you know, you like not so that I wasn't just like sending them, you know, via text on email, she can answer whenever, but I can still voice note with the same amount of passion and, and, and creativity. It's just recorded as a voice memo, you know, maybe email it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Sabrina, how do, how do business owners keep their person that is their person they're in partnership with to operate their company company? How do they keep them happy? (laughs) Um, I would say 100% let people be who they are. And I would say figure out a way, whether it's creating structure for yourself, containers for yourself, boundaries for yourself, boundaries, 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 um, to let you both be who you are and be in your strengths as much as possible. 
Mm. You know, I, and this is something that, you know, didn't happen overnight. Like we've been working together for four years, but I think we're really solidly there. Um, and it's felt like really kind of natural. And I think that it's because we've really found like Alexandra knows these are the things that Sabrina's really great at. I know these are the things that Alexandra's really great at. And I also now know, um, like the things that pull Alexandra out of her zone of genius. And those happen to be the things that I actually really love taking care of. And so when you find sort of that flow and you can see, okay, I can see that this is starting to drain. I can like see that in Alexandra now, or when we talk, you know, um, okay, this is the energy's dipping. Okay. Mayday, mayday. Let's move back over here, you know, <laughs> but right. we really know each other so deeply at this point that um, I would say, really, if you're working alongside someone for someone, with someone, um, really try to hone in on that. Yeah. And one tool that we've used for that, which is, is this book called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And it's like, just a, such a sweet book. It's not too advanced. It's not mystical. It's just very practical. Um, but he, he has a tool where he divides up your area of genius, competence, excellence, and incompetence. And, it's just good to know. And the places where you're outside your area of genius usually create frustration, pain, disconnection. Um, and I spent years trying to do stuff that was outside of my area of genius or, or excellence. And it just caused me, causes me strife. And those things change because social media has been one of them. It's like, oh, this feels in my genius. I feel alive. I feel awake. I feel inspired when I do it. And then, oh shit, now it's actually in my area of incompetence. Like it's feeling disconnected, uninspired, da dee 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 dee. Um, and the way that for me, and this, this again is like, I think a classic kind of me thing is like, I will get it's frustration is my indicator that something's off. So whether it's a new potential, uh, you know, collaboration, someone we bring onto our team, when frustration is present, something is off. We don't have frustration between us anymore, Sabrina and I. I haven't felt frustrated in them. I don't. Even, probably since that summer, two years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no frustration in our relationship because we don't. We're not trying to make each other be be different, like she said, or do things that we are not good at. Sabrina will say, I can't do that. And I'll go, cool, let's hire out. Or I'll go, I'm going crazy trying to organize A, B, C, D. Can you, are you interested in supporting this or helping? And I never am like, hey, can you do this or whatever? I mean, I've learned to speak to Sabrina, like just like a collaborator and not an employee. And that's really different. I mean, I have friends that are very, they want to know, they want people to know they're in position of power. They're the boss. To me, that's so matrixy. It's so old paradigm. It's like gross. Um, you know, if you're practicing what you preach, like why are you playing into these old like kind of enslavement models of like hierarchy and like keeping some people small and um, it doesn't mean that everyone needs to be like me. Of course not. I'm not trying to make Sabrina me. Like we're very different. However, it's giving the opportunity to go, hey, what do you want? What feels best? Like, are you interested in doing this? Do you like doing my newsletters? Is it good? Does it feel okay for you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Our back and forth on it. Great. Cool. But I want to know because guess what? If she doesn't like doing it, guess who's going to feel it? I'm going to feel it every fucking email. And I don't, I don't want to live like that. I don't, want some, I don't want someone who's doing things for me that doesn't feel good, that don't feel good. You know, that I, I want them to be having fun. It's just me. I don't want to be around unhappy people. I don't want to pay someone to be unhappy doing something, you know? Yeah. Well, We've definitely had people like that, I feel like, on, on our team off and on, right? 
Cool. Yeah, there's been, and you can feel it. Like you're saying, like you get, you start to feel like sticky and you're kind of, yeah, frustration is a big one for me. Like if I receive an email or something and I'm like, I feel frustrated at this, like that's a big indicator. You know, you can feel it in your body. Um, there's a state of being where work and flow just flow naturally. And if you're feeling like sticky and frustrated throughout the day, it's just a sign that something's off. Um, but yeah, and I would say that the other half of that is for, you know, you working with someone or me working with someone, like be honest, like Alexandra was saying, be honest about what you can or can't do, you know, um, so much like so much will come up that I'll be like, Oh yeah, I can figure that out. Um, but I've really learned that is a skill of mine, but I've really learned what would actually be fun for me to do that on and what is not my zone of genius. And if there's something that comes up now, like just for an example, if Alexandra's like, can you make, you know, new graphics for my book or something? <laughs> just an example, but, and I don't want to do that. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm really particularly good at. And that's been a skill that I've definitely had to like develop over these last four years is like saying no with love and being honest about it, but it will only help. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So to, to, change the subject just a little bit because I know we're, we're getting close to the end of the hour. Um, Alexandra, I've heard you talk about the difference between like Artemis goddess energy and Aphrodite goddess energy in terms of prosperity and working the world as women. And I would love for you to like kind of dip into that and say, like tell us how you are able to do that within your business and your life. Yeah. I love that because it's so 2016 for me, but I love it still. Um, it was like super duper when I was moving from New York and coming to LA and had been um, kind of like produced a feature film that was a million dollars. I had been you know, directing this United Airlines um, commercial series for a year where I made a bunch of money and paid off my student loans debt, which was awesome in this kind of Athena, which is, you know, a white Western kind of goddess way of looking at things, which you could look at it in 25 different kind of through, through many different lenses. Um, so, but, but for those of you who don't know, who didn't study mythology, um, <laughs> Athena and Aphrodite are two Greek goddesses. And then the Roman would be, um, would be Venus and what's Athena in Roman? Is it Diana? No. That's Sam's right. going to find it for us. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Google it later. Don't use Google. Use a free, free search engine that's not tracking your data. Um, so, but at, at the time I was, I hadn't really become super entrenched in like masculine feminine languaging around like, oh, I'm in my masculine because I'm getting paid to be a director and wear pants and I'm managing 40 men on set and I'm the highest paid. Like, you know, as per society standards, that's probably, yeah, it's quite masculine except the paradigm's changing and more women are getting paid to direct and be in the director's chair, et cetera, et cetera. However, on film sets, um, that the percentages are still really heavily skewed towards men. So you could look at it as at this time in my life, I was like in more masculine rooms, you know, I had to kind of like, I specifically put on blazer and I had like, you know, some really great silk trousers. Um, and I would wear high, shoes that weren't heels that were, I could be on set for like 12 hours, but so that it didn't feel short. So I'd wear like high chunky kind of boots and stuff so that I wasn't just a midget because I'm five foot three. So I was like, really like, okay, how do I like do my job in this? I can't be too pretty on set. I can't be too short. I can't be too sexy. You know, like I had to be more masculine in order to um, exist in that environment. And that was just what I chose. Like I definitely at first tried to do the other thing and just like be the wilds and free me. But you know, when you're working with corporate, like it don't really fly. So, I mean, someone else probably has an opposite experience, but for me, it didn't really fly. I had to kind of like, you know, be quote unquote professional as per like the matrixy standard. 
So anyway, when I was leaving that world, coming to LA and going, okay, maybe I'm going to like be a mystical mentor, coach, whatever, healer, person, I don't even know. I was like, but wait, I've been, I'm like heavily kind of like stuck in these trousers, you know, so to speak. (laughs) And, um, and so I actually heard a talk from Marianne Williamson. She had a course that my friend at the time, Lulu, sent me. It was like, as universe Aphrodite. And Marianne Williamson, who's like super powerhouse, was like, it's like with your power suit on, but then you're also like a lounging goddess on her clamshell. And at the time, I actually got this clamshell tattoo that's here. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to be out there hunting all day, hunting men, hunting money, hunting love, hunting work. I want to do this whole sit back on the clamshell like Aphrodite and receive. Like just have people like bring me stuff and love me and come to me, come to me. But I had that just never was something that crossed my mind because my whole life I was like an overachiever trying because I didn't grow up with dad at home. So I was like trying to get his love by overachieving. So I was like all A's and multiple jobs and all the things. And um, I was hunting like my whole adolescence and teen years. I was hunting um, to be the best, to be good, to be beautiful, to be this, to be smart. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it never really struck me that like you could actually just let go and just be and stop doing and that maybe you'd still like get what you want. I was like, that doesn't seem possible. You know, like I that it didn't, didn't make sense. Even though I had like watched the movie The Secret when I was like, 20 or whenever it came out and understood the concept of like attracting something. But I was like, I don't really believe that as a life path. Like I'm in Hollywood. I know what it's like. I had to like walk up to the head of that company and go, hi, I'm Alexandra and I'd love to work with you, you know? And like, that's hunting. They didn't walk up to me. I'm not that, my karma has not been that, you know, some people just like, yeah, like, you know, they're scouted on the street because they're so magnificent. Mine was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Um, I worked hard to be in the right place at the right time and then to show that I was talented and smart and all these things. So the the concept of letting that go was like a complete identity shift and a mind fuck. Um, Yeah. And as a manifester, I am supposed to be the one that initiates. So this is an interesting piece of of the journey and the story is like, that's a part of my makeup in a way. I'm really good at it people don't approach me as much. I approach them. It's just, I've heard I'm intimidating. I'm heard, heard I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, I'm just like a baby kitten inside. What are you talking about? But like, um, but there was a shift in me of stopping doing so much and running so fast that happened when I was like, okay, I want to see what it's like to just relax and let stuff come to me. I mean, Sabrina is a great example of that. I didn't have to push for that. Like Sabrina came because I told my friend, hey, I could really use some help with structure and organizing. So it's not like, oh, I just gave up doing anything, you know? And like, I, it's not like, oh, I gave up efforting. And one of my first, but this, the first spiritual teacher that I, that I had, who I, I spoke of earlier, he was like, if something starts to become a struggle, you need to really take a deep breath and look at it and rearrange some things to make it so that it's not a struggle or let it go. Um, but an effort and putting an effort into one's life, business, et cetera, shouldn't feel like a burnout. It shouldn't feel like you're overgiving. It shouldn't feel like you're exhausted, in my personal opinion. Um, so for me, the shift from like super outwardly pushing to more inwardly receiving, so like cock versus vagina or like bow and arrow versus clamshell, like however you want to look at it, like giving versus receiving, doing versus being, all these sort of universal dualities and, and polarities. Um, it was more of a balancing than a like, okay, now I'm just going to lay back on the clamshell and do nothing. It was more of just like, oh, I need to make sure that I am also giving that space in my life. And um, yeah, and that's been, you know, it's been a long-term project. And now it's one of my favorite things to coach other women on you know, is doing that transition so that they can receive love and beauty and feel connected to their erotic side and their artistic side and their muse and all of the beautiful richness that exists when we sort of stop pushing and stop running and stop hunting. Um, And 
Yeah. I coach like powerful women who are like, you know, CEOs and, and out there and helping them to soften into that place, but not give up the, I'm never going to not be a, a manifestor, an artist, a, a person that is out there creating, like that's my path. And yet, like, I also do want to have times where I just relax and receive. And so, you know, it's, I don't think it's like one or the other. It's just giving the space for both. So one of my favorite last questions to ask is what have been your favorite purchases recent or further ago that have to do with business and then for pleasure? Sabrina first. Oh, business and pleasure. Okay. One for each. Give me one for each. One for each. Okay. I would say for pleasure. So one of my greatest pleasures in life is cooking delicious food and especially cooking delicious food for people I love. And since we're in COVID times, that's mainly my partner right now. (laughs) And so, um, this is so silly, but recently I purchased a new knife set and I am just so excited. So that's that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get that. Every time I get a new knife, I'm like, oh, I should probably learn how to just sharpen knives, but... Well, mine had been, it was like 10 years in the making, so Mm. you can only sharpen it so much really, (laughs) but it really, I will say like, man, when you slice a tomato and it just like looks so beautiful, the pleasure. Um, and for business, I, um, actually recently, I don't have it yet, but I recently just purchased a new podcasting microphone. So I'm really excited about that. Um, little investment into some things I want to bring to fruition soon. Which one? Oh, I have no idea. I'd have to look on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Alexandra? (laughs) Well, this podcast microphone is the latest thing I think that I bought for my business. I also got a new ring light because mine took, died in Turks and Caicos. We'd spent a few years together. Quiet girl. Um, <laughs> and so I got the new one, super bright and alive. Um, and and then this mic is the Blue Yeti, which I had had another little mic that was it was good. It's just like actually too sensitive. It like picked up everything. I think it was for musicians or something. Anyway, this one is good. It works. Um, I feel like those are, those are the two. Yeah. I mean, those are just my staples like that I use as someone who does a lot of like, um, online classes and and sessions and IG lives and podcasts. Like I have to have a good light and I have to have a good mic. Mm. you know so we just refreshed for the new year mm. um trying to think if there's any other kind of big businessy purchases i'm in the middle of like negotiating a few different things and trying to decide what's the best thing for um some kind of increased productivity and that that'll be interesting just to see like who to put money into mm-hmm. you know it's like do i put money into the the, the graphic designer, the sound designer, the, you know, repurposing content company, the social media design helper, like, it's just like so many options. Yeah. Um, so that's all kind of in flux right now. And I will say I did make some purchases that range between personal and professional because I was just on this television show. I can't say the name of it yet because I'm under lock and key there and DA, but, um, I made some beautiful purchases of some amazing Issey Miyake pants called More More Pleats, Please. They're these blue, royal blue pleated pants. Really fun Japanese, like kind of funky style. And I wore those on this because I did two seasons of the show. So I wore those this last one. And then I got this gorgeous Mara Hoffman dress that really looked good had a moment in the last and and I I got one of her dresses for the last season and it was like orange and it was really like powerful and I just walked on set and I just was like felt like a million bucks and I was also completely terrified um 
And there's something to wearing an expensive dress that feels good. I've never worn like a $5,000 dress, but I'm sure it feels awesome. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, this is not that, but um, it still felt really good to wear something that was an investment and that like everyone on set was like, who's who designed that dress it's so beautiful da, 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 da. oh my god those pants oh my god those shoes and um so that felt really fun uh because I was like okay I'm getting paid a certain amount that I can go I can get some nice designer pieces that will last and they do last you know and you treat them differently I find when you buy um something that's more expensive like you hang it up differently than like the forever 21 dress that fell on the floor. Like the, the, the $600 dress, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're hanging that back up. And it's like, you know, when you walk by like a countertop and like you like hit a snag, you cry. So it's like, you know, it's a whole different experience wearing something like that. You definitely don't cook in the dress. No, 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 no. no. Um, but yeah, those were, those are fun last any, purchases. any of favorite pure pleasure purchases oh because those were work and pleasure let me think um i mean i i do really love um i mean pure pleasure purchases i buy books and clothes i bought a bunch of books recently uh, that uh, I just needed to touch base with this particular writer, an old dead French guy. And I was like, I need him right now. So like just ordered a bunch of books. So I'm a bit of a book junkie. So were my parents, my mom and my stepdad, not my real dad, but like just so many books. I love books and I love it. Like it's almost like a tasting menu. You know, it's like having different different snacks around because some days you want like dried mangoes and some days you want like tortilla chips and you don't know. So you just have, you want to make sure you have all the snacks around, but that's how books are for me. It's like, I want to have all the ones that I may want to look at around because I kind of like may need the energy. It's like, I may need to intake that particular nutrient on a particular day. And even if I just know it's there, it's sort of a, it feels good to be like, Oh my God, it's just, I know that's there. If I, I know he's there if I need him, you know? I might not open the Marquis de Sade. Like, I might not open it for years, but it just feels good knowing it's on the shelf. Mm. That's beautiful. Freakish, and but yeah. It seems like a, an actress thing, maybe, of, like, being able to, like, pull energy from a character, kind of like what you were referencing earlier. I think any yeah. or any type of artist, an artist, you know, is like a writer. You want to feel all the shades of humanity and emotions of humanity. And yeah, so acting or or just artistry or writing. It's just like you don't want to look at your bookshelf and go, oh my God, I'm only have like spiritual texts here. Like I need some fucking erotica because otherwise, like I'm only living on one end of the spectrum of humanity. And it's like it's a very similar kind of notion to the, the Athena and Aphrodite. It's like, it's not that you want to become one archetype or become one flavor or become one feeling. It's like you want to have an extended range as, as like, like a pianist. Like you don't want to just play in like for your whole life. You could play those three notes. Like to me, that's like so boring. But a lot of people just do that their whole life just right there ding 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 like I want to also go over boom boom you know and it's like so so you know whether it's it's Athena or Aphrodite or whether it's you know a little bit of of Rumi and then Marquis de Sade it's like it's not because one's better than the other it's more about um just expanding one's capacity to experience life and humanity and feeling and emotion and experience and not getting stuck somewhere you know mm. um yeah. So where can people find you, go deeper with you, work with you, all the things. Serena, I don't I don't know if you have a, any separate business um yourself. I feel like we there was some chatter about that too. 
I do. I take on private clients now as well. Um, and I actually work on clients in sort of two different areas. I do deep healing and transformational work that I've mentored under Alexandra for, for the last couple of years. Um, and then I also actually do business coaching with clients as well. And particularly in the very beginning stages. So in that stage where you're like, I have a business idea, but I have 150 things on the to-do list and help. So um, I also do that as well. And and you can find me at sabrinaxo.com or on Instagram, Sabrina Elizabetha. Yay. Yay. And my website's alexandraroxo.com. And my Instagram is the same, alexandraroxo. And I work with just a very select few women, really specifically in that work of like women who are powerful and getting a lot of shit done, but have kind of maybe felt far from their erotic side or their softness or their ability to receive um to write from that depth and not to be one at the expense of the other so kind of balancing those two frequencies in a sense like the masculine feminine you know aphrodite giving receiving you know being doing um because a lot of people just harden into one like i said so it's a it's a deep practice to kind of toggle between all of them so i do have space here and there for a few people to do that kind of deep work and um and then right now i don't have any other public offerings my book fuck like a goddess is always out there it's great has lots of um juicy contents in there and I have some guided meditations and practices on my website that you can purchase and I have a free one on Insight Timer. Big component of the work is getting in the body, feeling and expressing. Um, and who knows what's coming next? We shall see. <laughs> okay. Ladies, thank you so much. I had to like hold my tongue the entire time because I wanted to go down so many rabbit holes. So like, hopefully I can have you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that. <laughs> And any final words of wisdom or messages that you want to share with people who are listening? I gave you all of it. I have no. nothing left to give. <laughs> yeah, I would just say work in a way that feels good, juicy, flowy to you, and um, just let yourself and those around you be who they are. <laughs>